0: peace my friends hope everybody is doing well hope everyone is enjoying the month of black august through celebrations demonstrations organization and commemorating the freedom fighters who gave their lives to the struggle for black liberation like george and jonathan jackson like William Christmas, Rochelle McGee, like Sundiata Akolai, Kamau Siddiqui, Asada Shakur, Mutulu Shakur, Kwame Beans Shakur, Jaleel Muntakim, Seiko Odinga, and plenty of others. Um, I hope folks have been doing better than myself at disciplining at kind of educating and at coordinating themselves and with others. And I hope that folks have been taking the time to read and possibly use the Black Alliance for Peace Prisoner Support Committee's Black August Teach-In Guide, which we put together. Folks can check that out on the Black Alliance for peace.org or you can get a hold of me and I can send that your way. I also hope folks are taking the time to be with their loved ones to take care of themselves and to try to remember why it is that we're all here. Excuse me. Try to remember why it is that not only... You know, are we here on this earth? Because anybody can come up with a a certain type of reason or purpose for being here. Whether it be, you know, religious or um, spiritualist or personal or what have you. Um, it's not necessarily unique to say... You know, we have a reason for being here on Earth, for having been born. Of course, those of you who, uh, unlike me, maybe actually got the birds and the bees talk. (laughs) Um, You know how we all got here. (laughs) Um, But more importantly than this, of course, you know, what it is that while we're here on this Earth, while we have air to breathe, blood coursing through our veins, um, and the ability to, for those of us who can, to organize, to communicate, and to connect with people. The reason why uh, this is important, the reason why we should see this as, you know, a purpose for being here. Um, So I personally, you know, growing up as an evangelical Christian uh, and a conservative in America. Um, of course, you know, I never really fully got behind the whole God thing. Um, but, uh, at the same time, I, I did believe at one point or another, whether fully or not, that my purpose for being here was, you know, supposedly because God or whomever put me here. Um, but other than that, you know, I never really felt like I had a purpose. uh, I like teaching, I like talking to people, I like reading, I like learning, but in a lot of cases today, and really throughout history, during uh, societies which were based on uh, slavery, exploitation, colonialism, what have you, uh, these types of practices, these more um, mental forms of labor, tend not to be valued. Uh, at least in the same way that, say, those same uh, forms of labor, mental labor, that are directed towards, say, um, developing a certain sanction regime in order to cripple an economy or, you know, uh, the mental labor it takes to uh run a business i guess you would say as a ceo right the types of decisions and stuff that go into that um even though the majority of ceos and folks in these positions presidents etc of course aren't really the ones getting nitty and gritty with these decisions but nevertheless my point is that it's also not valued at the same level that physical labor is right um Unless it can be put to the same benefit that physical labor can to accumulate wealth in the hands of the already wealthy and powerful. So it wasn't until I really started to learn about these things, started to learn about um, capitalism primarily, first and foremost, learning about really what it was, how it came to be historically um the groups that resisted it the precursors to it you know colonialism feudalism uh slave societies the transatlantic slave trade <clears throat> indigenous genocide etc and once i got to that point of course then beginning to study things like socialism Uh, anarchism, communism, social democracy, Marxism, 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 Marxism-Leninism, Marxism-Leninism-Maoism, all these different ideological trends, all these different historical documents, right? I got to the point where I felt uh, finally as if there was a, a purpose for me, as if there was a reason why I personally was here on this earth um, and that, to me, at this point, feels like being able to develop these ideas, discuss these ideas, and organize on the ground of these ideas uh, in order to build a socialist society, in order to build a uh, equitable, equal society, in order to build one based on the needs of the people. And that is a socialist society we say that with no hesitation we say that with no fear in our hearts because we know that socialism is truly the way forward for humanity and this has been proven by history both of capitalism itself and imperialism and then also of the socialist states and the national liberation struggles and other types of historical resistance against oppression And the different failures or contradictions or questions that led to their ultimate demise. Um, But, so, having said all this, I find that it's incredible to actually have a purpose. I find that it's really um, even frustrating at times that I spent so much of my life to this point without one that I... I'm 24 years old now in that I didn't know these things 10 years ago. I wasn't acting on these things 10 years ago or sooner. But now that I have the developing consciousness, I'm also frustrated by, in a lot of ways, my inability to live up to what I feel is my purpose and to actually act upon these ideas and bring these things materially into the places I belong to, but also to develop new uh, organizations and collectives in order to meet new people to develop these ideas to coordinate these struggles and to actually uh, fight against oppression so first of all this is we're recording at home today you'll notice you probably don't hear the noise in the background with the car you might have the ACs going in the background my apologies but We're at home, so we're going to take a moment here to take a deep breath. Alrighty. So, putting that all aside, whether you're Christian or not, whether you're Catholic, you're uh, Muslim, you're Jewish... Um, you're atheist, you're agnostic. The majority of us are brought up to believe that human beings are naturally greedy, selfish, hateful. uh, And of course, as I said, folks believe this for different reasons. There's, uh, you know, the idea that human beings are created in sin. This was the idea I was raised on. Uh, There's also the notion of human nature being an inherent negative uh, nature carrying a negative connotation. Whenever someone mentions human nature, we tend to be insinuating that it is bad. But we have to remember, and I know we're not really taught this, so we have to begin to study the humanity, the societies, the civilizations, the nations that have existed for thousands of years prior to the present day. We have to, of course, respect, uplift, acknowledge, and support not only the struggles of indigenous peoples, but indigenous organizations, communities and nations, uh and of course indigenous people themselves. We have to understand that there are contradictions among, you know, indigenous culture, there are contradictions among the people as there are contradictions among all people. Not every indigenous person is out for uh indigenous people, right? Like all groups of people, there are some who are out for themselves. We have to study also the history of Africa and the history of Asia. We have to look at the type of societies that have existed in history that show us that to varying levels or varying degrees, a society based on collective, communal... Uh, and uh, socialized labor And political infrastructure As well as being based on the needs of the masses Has existed before And will exist again And does exist today If we look through history There's a few things we can point to to say Began to break the back of the matriarchal, early communalistic, <clears throat> collective societies that we are mentioning. These things range from ownership of property and land to uh, law, uh, certain religions, political structures, and things like colonialism. Patriarchy, slavery, genocide, imperialism. This society we have today was created through a process by which individuals and certain interests were placed above and beyond the majority. And the needs of that majority. This development has been and is still being resisted by millions around the world. But eventually, these individuals, these institutions, and these interests that were for exploitation, that were for... Private property, that were for uh, ethnocentrism, the idea that my ethnicity or my nation is better than all, uh, white supremacy, patriarchy, etc., were able to concretize power through these institutions, through the political structure. Through law. Through a standing military. Through the police. Through the prison systems. Through wage labor. Through colonialism and imperialism. And all that falls under its uh, category. But humanity is not simply the worst that it's been. Humanity is also not simply the best that it's been. Humanity, human beings, like everything else, are full of contradictions. Allow me to give you an example. This is a self-critique. I personally advocate for these ideas I strongly encourage others to study and to act upon these ideas. And I've taken the time myself to uh, develop certain principles, beliefs, new morals, new ideals through my study and, you know, uh, early forms of connections and what we might loosely, very loosely call organizing. I've been able to become a, a different person in a lot of ways. However, as much as I stand here and demand that each and every one of us has to actually act on these things, more often than not, I am continuing to passively participate in life. So here's a contradiction. I have certain ideals and principles which I believe in that I would like to adhere, adhere to, and yet my actual lived behaviors and experiences, the practices and patterns which I've developed, are antithetical to those principles and beliefs. Another contradiction in human society could be capitalist democracy. Capitalist democracy, the idea of uh, freedom, liberty, etc., for all under capitalism being possible, was developed at the same time that slavery existed, This concept and the infrastructure to build it was developed at the same time the infrastructure to eradicate, concentrate, terminate, and eliminate the indigenous nations of the Americas was in practice. The idea of democracy, the idea of freedom being possible under a capitalist system was pushed forward and developed. In institutions, in think tanks, in uh, imperialist uh, efforts around the world, uh, through wars, through conflicts, through corruption, through bribery, um, through threats, intimidation, mystification, confusion, a capture of the media and the education systems. Many people have been incapable of actually understanding the world around them and therefore have been taken advantage by this society and by this system which convinces us that essentially this is all there can ever be because socialism, communism, whatever you want to call it, was tried and supposedly failed in the Soviet Union. And is failing supposedly in China, is supposedly failing in Cuba, is supposedly failing in Nicaragua, in Venezuela, in Laos, in Vietnam. And so we're meant to believe that this is simply the only reality that can be, capitalism. But we know, again, that human beings can should be and would be more if they did not live under a dictatorship of capitalists which makes things like democracy or freedom under capitalism inherently impossible because you have a system based off of one group of people one very small minority in society the wealthy powerful uh property owners corporations CEOs etc who dominate and dictate over the institutions of politics, of social production, of the economy, and who take advantage through this system as its very foundation by exploiting people. They take advantage of people. They take advantage of humankind in order to enrich themselves. That type of system is not equivalent to and cannot exist at the same time as a true democratic system. They are inherently contradictory. So, human beings, like everything, were full of contradictions. History of humankind is full of contradictions. But yet at the same time, we know that all contradictions have to be resolved. All conflicts either have to be resolved in the sense that the power structure stays in place, the struggle or the conflict is pressed down, it is repressed, the people are oppressed so as not to be able to struggle, or the conflict between those who are oppressed and the people who are oppressing them is resolved By the oppressed overthrowing their oppressors and eliminating oppression. This is the reality that we live in. This is the uh, natural development of a contradiction, whether it is in uh, chemical formulation, whether it's in physics, whether it's in history, or whether it's in class struggle. Um, We know that conflicts between ourselves and others either lead to uh, destruction of the relationship, a big fight and a resolution of the conflict, or a uh, equal and equitable break uh, on the basis that, in fact, this relationship or this friendship or what have you is ill-founded and we actually don't have uh, an interest or a reason in being in this relationship. So, all of this to say <clears throat> it is class oppression in all its manifestations through racial, gender and sexual identity oppression, through wage labor, through the theft of resources, through a unequal housing, healthcare, care, education systems. Uh, these are all things that show that class society, one where there are those that own things and there are those who work so as to be able to survive, is the ultimate reason and the foundation behind how things like racism Capitalism, colonialism, slavery, imperialism, patriarchy, uh, the oppression of the LGBTQ+, the destruction of the earth. All of these things came after the development of private property, of ownership of land, ownership of tools, law, and political structures that defended these systems of oppression. It is this oppression that has taken away human beings' ability to use their mental and physical capacities and creativity to actually develop a world that is based on them, that is based on their needs, and that is ultimately led by them. And instead... Our mental and physical abilities, whatever they may be, are taken and used for labor which creates wealth and benefits for those who own my labor. Which is not me. My labor power, my ability to labor is not owned by me. I don't get to go out and do whatever I want. I mean, I get to apply to different jobs and hope they take me. But ultimately, it comes down to who's going to give me a job? Who's going to pay my bills? That's what I'm going to have to do. But amidst all of this, revolution, and at the very basis, resistance, is natural. In fact, revolution is called... The Locomotive of History by Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels. And this is because if you look at how history develops over time, we see a quantitative or numerical increase in the amount of struggles, uh, riots, protests, uh, uh, slave revolts, you know, at a certain period of time. Uh, national liberation struggles, socialist revolutions. And eventually, after these struggles, these organizations, these movements, these revolutions begin to build steam, build popularity, build support, it is only a matter of time before the quality of these struggles begins to shift In a way that actually fundamentally changes the historical trajectory of humankind on a national or international scale. The struggle against colonialism and the struggle against slavery did not simply change reality for the enslaved or formerly enslaved today. But it changed the reality albeit not in all of the ways that the formerly enslaved were actually struggling for, because oppression, division, and exploitation continued. But nevertheless, these struggles against slavery, against colonialism, led to a fundamental shift on an international scale. For the first time, African nations were given their independence not because this or that mother country or colonial country decided they were going to go and drop the history and actually uh, fight to recover the historical uh, you know, societies and needs of the masses they had oppressed. But in fact, because the oppressed had struggled so much that they had forced the mother countries into a corner where their only option to keep any power at all was to grant independence and from that point forward find new ways to exploit the masses. If we look at history, we see this. We see in the indigenous nations of the Americas, we see in Africa, we see in Asia, and we see even in Europe. And even in places where we wouldn't think of it, right? Where we wouldn't even uh, believe that some, you know, white European could actually give a fuck about the third world, could actually struggle for socialism, could actually struggle for an end to imperialism. But even in the most reactionary pockets of society, there are people who are resisting in the Deep South, in, you know, KKK-infested arenas, in extremely reactionary families, in the church, in certain, you know, uh, social settings that are actually very dangerous given the fact that these people might either be, you know, uh, women or disabled, or a member of the uh, LGBTQ plus community who are coming out in uh, settings where it's, uh, you know, essentially folks are surrounded by who they should have been, which is a reactionary uh, collaborator with imperialism, but in fact they've turned and developed revolutionary ideals, this is, again, still happening, even in the places where we wouldn't expect it. Um, uh, I, I, you know, I feel kind of like an example in this case. I grew up in a very reactionary home. It could have been so easy for me to remain reactionary, and yet for some reason, I felt in you know compelled to uh, struggle forward and develop these ideas. And so, because of that, you know, I just feel uh, keen to point that out because white folks got to struggle too. White folks got to struggle against other white folks. And white folks got to struggle to actually develop a revolutionary consciousness among the oppressed white working class um, around the world. But we have to understand that because of this, because struggle is natural, because resistance and revolution are the locomotives of history, the ruling class has become wise to this and has taken advantage of movements. They have... Corrupted or manipulated or infiltrated or, uh, you know, essentially obfuscated and mystified certain movements, certain organizations, certain parties, and in fact have co-opted a lot of the different struggles which we know, uh, you know, either started with or had uh, pockets and factions of people who really were struggling for liberation or revolution or what have you and believed that this was the mode by which they needed to do so but amidst all of this opportunism uh corruption and imperialism are alive and well we know the destruction through co Pro of many of the most revolutionary organizations this nation known as the united states has ever seen since the Uh, you know, indigenous struggles throughout the periods of colonialism. We saw among the African population, among the Puerto Rican population, among the Chicano population, among the Asian population, the same militancy, the same determination, the same struggle in the sense that it connected through the existing correlations that all oppressed people have through a shared enemy, but also develop specific and particular struggles along with the specific and particular struggles of those others who were participating in these fights and developing their own movements and organizations. Human rights and democracy are two things that are one of the most clear examples of this co-optation, of this confusion. If we look around at all the different spaces that are supposedly struggling for a different world, we know this vague notion of change, of democracy, of freedom, uh, anti-communist, anti-socialist rhetoric, um as well as a pretty corrupt and empty idea of what human rights are, is a tool of the ruling class. This division, this confusion, this frustration, this factionalism is weaponized. These ideas are weaponized in order to sow division among the masses and to create confusion among the movements. This is also increased because the education and media services within the world are not controlled by the masses of people who they themselves remain uneducated, remain illiterate and remain incapable of forming independent mass-based media sources that can outcompete and outproduce the capitalist and imperialist funded mainstream media sources which are created to sow confusion but all of this has been true the whole time it is only advanced and developed further and this is both because first of all it has been allowed to by those of us who have not finally put an end to it And second of all, because those who have fought to put an end to it have pushed it into a corner where it has had to adapt. It's had to change its spots. It's had to form itself in a way that allows itself to continue in power. The system, known as capitalism, imperialism, however, is not a magical system. It is material. It is ran by human beings. And those human beings are a minority there are a small handful who has stolen and thwarted and exploited and raped and pillaged the entire earth and her people in order to be able to hoard that wealth themselves and pass it on to their family and other generations or individuals and groups that they so deem or choose as deserving Of the money that they stole. So what is struggle? Why do we say that revolution is natural? We have to understand that both conscious and organized fronts. As well as disorganized and spontaneous actions. Which are taken in the spirit of resistance. Often sparked by crisis or an event causing mass hysteria, are both examples of resistance, of revolt, and of the need for all living things to fight for survival in the face of death. These are all examples to say that resistance to oppression is natural even when people are convinced that it's impossible, even when people are pushed into passivity, it comes out in the moments when it's least expected. Revolution, as we said, is the locomotive of history, not because, uh, you know, Karl Marx says so. But because if you look throughout history, if you look at the moments which really led to true fundamental change on a material basis, not through ideology, not through religion, not through ideals or beliefs or morals, but through the material practices, habits, patterns, and behaviors of human society, revolutions which broke from entirely, or made an attempt to break from, the pre-existing societies, whether they be uh, slave-owning societies of Rome, Greece, etc., whether they be feudal societies in Russia, in China, or whether they be capitalist societies in Cuba and Venezuela and Nicaragua and Vietnam or around the world. Or colonial systems that have existed throughout Africa, Asia, and the Americas. It is revolution, not reform. It is revolution, not disorganized resistance and spontaneous action. But organized, conscious, mass movements which seek to establish a system whereby the masses of people organized and conscious are able to seize power, are able to seize the means of production, are able to take control of the economy, are able to take control of social production, are able to take control of the universities, of the media sources, of homes and of land. And because these are the masses of oppressed and conscious organized people the foundation by which these institutions these governments these political structures and these revolutions come into power is inherently different from the history which existed prior even when they fail even when they are opportunistic even when they are idealistic these are the foundations by which History fundamentally changes that is revolution we need to do more than simply survive and so it is not enough to pass legislation it is not enough to simply get a reform it's not enough to uh, push the ruling class into a position where they have to compromise we know that humankind is threatened with extermination and extinction as is mother earth herself and so we know that ultimately the only way forward has to be socialist revolution it has to be a system based on the needs of the people it has to be a struggle for society to be built by for and with the people for the first time in our Uh, land's history for generations since the indigenous peoples of the Americas were able to actually live out and actively organize their own societies outside of colonialism, genocide, and oppression. This is the first time that Turtle Island has the possibility of seeing a new world in hundreds of years. And the only way that can happen is if indigenous people africans puerto ricans asians chicanos latinos mexicans haitians guatemalans what have you as well as white folks actively organize coordinate and collectivize their struggles in a way which can successfully do exactly what it is that those groups set as their objectives otherwise we are doomed to fail at the beginning if we do not prepare ourselves structure ourselves and organize ourselves to be able to fight for and defend not only ourselves and our human, you know, uh, physical forms, but also the ideals and principles which we are trying to bring into mass consciousness, then we shouldn't even try. We need to understand this has been tried before and failed many times over before us. And so we have to be scientific, we have to be conscious, and we have to be intelligent. Humanity is more than simply an accident Human society is more than a group of ignorant people forced upon one another Human spirit and human nature is more than greed It's more than just a bunch of folks All climbing on top of each other In order to try to get Everything that they can for themselves Above and beyond one another We have A real possibility to show ourselves To show our oppressors And to show the people who do not believe That human beings That society Can be more Than simply... An exploitative... Oppressive... Depressing... Worthless... Suffering... Terrible existence... We have a possibility... At a future... And we as human beings... Need to be making a... Serious... Systematic... Analysis... In our own lives... Asking ourselves... Consciously More and more consciously Are we making decisions Taking steps Acting in the interests Of ourselves And our own individualistic Or opportunistic wants Or are we being more and more conscious About our roles and responsibilities Today to humankind To Mother Earth And to all the species that we share her with. To the water. To the land. To the air. To the children. To the disabled. To the dead. To those who struggled before us and died. Who sacrificed their lives. I have not committed. I have not become disciplined. I have not dedicated my life in the way that I should. I'm honest about that. Because I want to. I want to do that. I want to see another world. I don't want my nieces and nephews and my friends and the children of theirs and the people who walk around in this city and the people of this world to live another day in suffering. There's not a single person on this earth, not a single person who from birth should be assigned death. Should be assigned suffering Should be assigned poverty Should be assigned illiteracy There are those of course who make decisions and take actions Which show that human beings can And do often take Particularly negative and harmful actions However this is because we live in a system that incentivizes that If someone can become a billionaire can own more money than any one of us can even understand or comprehend by exploiting people, by stealing land, by stealing minerals and agricultural products from other people and selling them at a profit. Why would no one do that? Why would someone decide, I'm not going to do that? It's not a moral question. It's a logic question. Every billionaire, every oppressor, every exploiter, every corporation, every capitalist has acted upon a logic which has been developed before them. And that is exploitation and oppression equals profit and power. Being able to exploit and oppress others, to steal their land, to enslave them, to steal their labor and the products of it and then sell it back to them at an increased and marked up price, to in entire continents, this is not a moral question so much as it is a logic question. We cannot be moralistic about a system that has its own morals. Every capitalist believes that they are doing something right. Every imperialist believes that they are acting upon their God-given right. Even if they don't truly believe it deep down that they're doing a supposedly good thing, they do not view themselves as bad people. So we cannot then turn around in that system created by those people and try to moralize it. We have to look at it logically. And the logic is, for 500 plus years, this system has provided for one Group of people. And that is the owners. The ruling class. The capitalists. The imperialists. Whereas the majority of people around the world have suffered and died. Many of them without even reaching adulthood. Many of them never being educated formally. Formally. Many of them never receiving proper medical care. Many of them never eating a full meal. Many of them not even living within a solid, safe, decent home. Many of them never living a day without having to struggle. Simply to make it to the next day. That is what capitalism's logic has brought to the world. And it has brought the world to the brink of extinction. So we have to understand today... We cannot allow for more to die hungry. We cannot allow for more to die uneducated. We cannot allow for more homeless. We cannot allow for anyone to suffer and struggle alone. We want no more poverty. We want a system based on the needs of the masses. We want an end to exploitation. We want an end to imperialist wars of colonialism, of theft, of rape and destruction. We want an end to slavery in all of its machinations, by name or by true form. We want an end end to a wage system based on oppressing the people into a position of dependency where they cannot go and work anywhere else. Where they cannot work for themselves. Where they cannot own and manipulate their own mental and physical capacities and creativity. In order to develop them into something that they themselves have interests in. We want a system where there is no more oppression. And this can only come through a systematic, generational, organizational effort. Of conscientizing. Of... Mass mobilization, of revolution, of resistance, of practice, and of participation and new forms of struggle as they develop along with the masses of people themselves who are struggling and facing the brunt as the most vulnerable and oppressed people in the world. We have to fight. It will not and has not ever been easy simply to fight to survive, let alone to fight for liberation. But we can and we must win because it is not only us as human beings, as humankind, who deserve to be in control of our destiny and to live in a world where oppression and exploitation have been eradicated. But we have to save the earth which has created us and millions if not billions and trillions of forms of life, of organisms, of living things which we ourselves through our passivity, through our ignorance, through our apathy and our inaction are allowing to die today along with other human beings and soon. Let us not forget, our number is coming. Let us not leave this earth without having taken on every single day as if it were the day that revolution was coming, as if it were our last, as if if we did not give our all, we would not see tomorrow. This is the reality I want to be living. This is the type of life I want to be living. This is the type of practice and struggle I want to be engaged in. But until we actively and collectively develop this among ourselves with one another, none of us individually will be able to get to the levels that we need to get to in order to collectively build a new world. All power to the people. Long live humankind and long live revolution.